Welcome to Screen Thoughts with Hollister and O'Toole. When I was 26, I had a great job. Then I got married, moved to the suburbs, had a beautiful daughter, and gave up my career. And then for the past, what, 15 years, nothing? I'm ready to throw myself back into work 24-7. I'm ready to pick up where I left off. Mm, I'm sure. You are way too young for me. Whoa, 26, dude. I mean, we're gonna be the same age, give or take. What are they putting the drinks in that place, and how do we get it into the water supply? Would you stop feeling sorry for yourself and listen to me? What, no one wants to hire a 40-year-old has-been? Tell him you're 26. I'm gonna need some highlights. You've been out of school for four years? Mm-hmm. Trout Pally lies about her age. How pathetic is that? Totes pathetic. Hashtag pathetic. <laughs> Do I really want to trade my dignity, wisdom, and self-respect for another chance at my 20s? Hey, scaredy cat. Where are you going? Yes. Yes, you do. It's time for Younger. And I know. <laughs> Actually, one of our listeners uh, suggested that we take a, a look at this. And I watched the first one, and I wasn't going to continue, but I did, and I'm so glad I did, which just goes to show you can never judge a series by its first episode. <laughs> it's sort of like a book by its cover, you know. And the series I, was based on a book, uh-huh, The Best-Selling Younger exact, by it, Pamela Redmond Satran. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, you start. What would you think? Okay, yes. Well, I heard that this show was the most downloaded show this week on iTunes, and I had to check it out because it was brought to us See, by Darren he- Star. When we when we get a data like that, I have to ask the marketing question that comes out of me, as you know, uh-huh. which is how many is that? Because I don't if know. there if there are only a <laughs> hundred shows down, I'm sure there are thousands. But anyway, yeah, I'm sure it is. Everybody's talking about it. But I'm also wondering why people are downloading it because it's available for free on TV Land's website. Well, I don't, oh, well, I, maybe they're mm-hmm. not as thorough as you. Or frugal. But TV Land, of course, was a spinoff from Nickelodeon. Uh-huh. And I heard something else very interesting. Darren Starr said he went with the lesser-known TV Land because they promised him creative control. Interesting. And that was more important to him. So Darren Starr brought us such phenoms as Sex and the City, Melrose Place, and 90210. And I was thinking about this. All three of those shows were so big on TV they tried bringing them all back. So Melrose Place and 90210, they, they brought back as TV shows in a second iteration. And Sex and the City, of course, spawned the very successful movie and then its sequel. So I thought, okay, if this is Darren Star's new show, I've got to check it out. And of course, it stars the fabulous Sutton Foster, who is a Broadway shining star. Is she? Yeah. I saw her in Anything Goes a couple years ago. I had ago. never seen her in anything. So really? when I saw her, I thought they wanted the total unknown. But they oh, didn't. No, she's a Broadway great. Okay. But every night the set that's smart is intruding and nudist parties in studios. Anything goes. I thought 
that's interesting too because you know a lot of people talk about the demanding schedules of TV production which when you think about how many episodes they make in the US every season it's a lot but then there's always Broadway where these performers are performing eight times a week to live audiences where you can never be off your game. Well she certainly looked at ease so I don't think she was exhausted that's oh, for sure. Oh she is fabulous and she also starred in the TV show that was written by Amy Sherman Palladino who brought us one of my favorite shows. Girl. I'm sitting here looking at her blankly, and she's looking at me like, of course everyone in the world knows that. I always feel like an she idiot. She brought us one of the greatest gifts of all time. Okay. She was the creator of Gilmore Girls. Oh, my God. So she came I up with a series that. called yeah. Bunheads, and it was about um, a former dancer from Vegas, Sutton Foster, who has to open up a new dance studio to get by. So now, watching Younger, it reminded me of if you took... Gilmore Girls and Sex in the City and put them in a creative blender, out would pop younger. Well, it's funny that you should say that, but we should probably start a little bit with just a brief synopsis of what this entire show is about. It's about a woman who gets divorced because her husband basically has put her and the entire family into debt and she loses her house, et cetera, moves in with her best bestie who uh played by the fabulous okay. debbie mazar yes mm -hmm. and she lives in downtown brooklyn which is there a downtown to brooklyn <laughs> i don't know actually maybe it's in dumbo it is in dumbo because that comes up yes. later but at any rate um and she wants to go back to work but she can't get a job because she's too old but she really looks young so she basically goes in and she decides she's going to pretend she's in her late 20s Mm -hmm. and getting back into publishing in New York. And she really becomes somebody and, and begins to feel as if she's in her late 20s. And she starts to experience things that she might have missed out on the first time marrying slugger loser boy <laughs> that she did. And uh, and then and that's what Younger is about. And at first I thought it was about trying to pretend you were younger. And then I realized that it's about much more than that. And it's you know, everybody's talking about it. I'm, this is not an original thought on my part, and you're actually one Although of Although you have a lot of those original oh, thoughts, Oh, thank Hollister. you. Yes. Okay, but it's about somebody who reinvents themselves. Yes. And this is the age where we're all reinventing, and if we're not, we're thinking about it, and if we're thinking about it, maybe we'll do it next year, whatever <laughs> it is. It's about reinvention, and sure, it's to the nth degree, and it's a bit exaggerated and probably a little bit not even necessarily realistic, but really it's about the joy of recognizing that whatever it is you want to be or do, this is it's a great show for that reason alone. Yes, and they were yeah. saying TV Land was a perfect fit because TV Land is trying to reinvent itself to figure out I don't what even know. I've never, what channel is, t are we, we're in New York and LA, what channel is TV Land? Well, see, Land? for me it's tvland.com because I go right to the internet. Well, there you go, right? Um, but it's true. A lot of shows have relied on this formula of someone older having to re-enter the workforce. So, for example, it reminded me, although this is a more comedic take, but it reminded me of that first episode of my favorite show, The Good Wife. So if you recall, Juliana Margulies is forced back into she the... She is. Mm -hmm. And also, you mentioned in an earlier podcast, who was it who said in some something you were attending that the best... The best series TV takes place in the workplace. Oh, Aline Brosh McKenna, yes. the screenwriter of Devil Wears Prada. Exactly. She said all her favorite romantic comedies take place at, you know, the workplace. Well, and the workplace is very, very much Devil Wears, Wears Prada mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is interesting because you mentioned earlier Gossip Girls and Sex and the City. Oh, well, Gilmore Girls and Sex and well, the City. Well, and also Gossip Girl. Mm -hmm. Now, Gossip Girl went off the air also. Sex and the City... And Gilmore Girls. And um, one of the things that 
people are saying is making this so interesting to the younger generations mm -hmm. um, who don't have time to do a reiteration of themselves because they haven't had one yet. You know, they're, they're, <laughs> they're on their first. Iterating. Yeah, they're exactly. They're on their first round. But the reason they're loving it is because they're going to really cool spaces and places mm -hmm. in the city, and they're wearing really interesting outfits. And guess who's doing the fashion for this series? Patricia Field, who did. Um, Devil Wears Prada? No, Sex in the City, which you mentioned. Oh, earlier. well, of course. Okay, so okay. Sex in the City would be the nothing fashion. without Blahnik. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm it's sorry. Fashion it's sort of, yeah, it's the yin yes. yang. Mm -hmm. But um, but in this one, she's really choosing her fashion carefully. Not all of it is standout fashion. You haven't seen it all somewhere, but I have to say, I love looking at what she's wearing wherever uh -huh. she's going, whatever she's doing. Although, as far as I'm concerned, she could lose the hat. Oh, I like the hat. I don't like the hat. The rapper like hat. The I'm not hat. into Although, the hat. When I saw the hat, I kept thinking, who does Sutton Foster remind me of in terms of her eyes? And I thought, okay, she's vibing Lorelai from the Gilmore Girls, uh -huh. played by Lauren Graham. And I think that was a conscious choice on her part. I do too. Again, because of the Amy Sherman Palladino connection and the fact she's supposed to be the cool mom. She reminded me of Diane Lane, especially in Under the Tuscan Sun. And that was about reinvention in Italy once she suffered so a divorce. So many, yes. So many. Is this a theme? But do I, do I see a trend a theme. and theme here? Absolutely. Her, her eyes reminded me of Sally Field. And she has a very expressive face where she can go from oh, crushed Sally and Fields. befuddled. Oh, and... whatever happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's today Sally Field? Is she going to be today Sally Field? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say well, that. She's going to get up there and say, "You like me? You really like me?" And see, you know, since other people have that covered, um, <laughs> you know. But I, I'm such a huge fan of Sutton Foster. Well, you know, in Younger, the characters have more layers, both physically and metaphorically. You know, it's true. There are deeper, mm -hmm. there are, you know, deeper conversations going on. Bolder colors and zanier prints. That's what she's brought into it. So that's she's not bringing. She's not bringing in Madison Avenue, Fifth mm -hmm. Avenue fashion. What she's bringing mm -hmm. in is sort of this new wave of nobody really cares if you're wearing a designer bag anymore. You know. And they do work in the publishing industry, which is traditionally very underpaid. So it's <laughs> not like they're drawing down big salaries. We're not talking Samantha Jones here with right. her own company. Um, and it's interesting how they change her look when she's hanging out with her 40-something friends versus when she goes to well, work. Well, she, look, she looks she 40 looks... then. One of the gnawing things that did bother me was she at one point in, in the entire first season, she goes out and she goes to a book group there. We won't. We don't want to ruin it. We never ruin plots. But, <laughs> Not us. Uh, no, we try. But <laughs> she goes, and uh, this stereotypical way that they were depicted was a little bit irritating, I have to say. But secondly, it was funny because it just goes to show how times have changed. Like at one point, this woman who's 45 is talking about how she's trying to be hip, right? And she mm -hmm. goes, I mean, I watch Ellen, but she was saying it in a way that if she knew, she wouldn't be watching Ellen almost. And to me, I didn't, you know, you know, it's funny because the torch has been, has been passed. Daytime TV the the new trendy millenniums, you know, these people are not turning to daytime TV for entertainment or for anything else. If they're going to get together, they're not watching Ellen. They're watching The Bachelor. They even make a joke about yeah. how Sutton Foster wants to stay home with Debbie Mazar and watch Downton Abbey. Exactly. And said it's like a timeout for 40-somethings. And well, Debbie Mazar said she's going to go get the slanket. Yeah, you know? and I don't know if that's exaggerated mm -hmm. or not for to make the point. I'm not sure, really, but... Mm -hmm. Um, but I did think to myself, the times they are changing, no question about it. And they make much of that. So, for example, when Debbie Mazar meets the 20-somethings and they're off on their cell phones and they're texting and she said, wow, it's like they have the attention span of a leaky balloon. <laughs> and, you know, Sutton Foster says, no, no, they can focus. 
usually when they're tweeting, but they can do it. And what I really like is that I think it, it does a very strong representation. My understanding is that this is the kind of conversation they have in the writer's room where they have 20-something writers yep. and they have 40-something writers. And both sides are represented it, of really well, by the really way. Well. They nailed everybody. It's not a yep. judgment call. Nope. It's, you see the wisdom of both sides. And something that I think Darren Starr has always excelled at, and certainly in Sex and the City this was the case, is that even though it was about all these many romances in the exciting city of New York, at its heart, it was really about friendship. Mm -hmm. And I think Younger is also really about friendship. Well, you know what? I like the friends in this. Mm -hmm. Now, by the way... If anybody's betraying anybody, it, you know, she's betraying everyone. And yeah. yet it was really to pay for her daughter's college, who's off in India, and, well, you know, her husband had the gambling you know, problem. Which so. then begs the question of, is it okay to totally lie and cheat and do everything wrong because the ends, does that mean the end justifies the means? Well, and on the other hand, she tried her hardest to go back into the publishing world. And I thought that was a great choice because in some ways she's old school and that has a lot of skill sets that are going missing. And in other ways, this next generation, there's a line where Hilary Duff, who I think is terrific in this, um, she was saying, wow, this older generation, they rely on us to tweet and do their social media and keep them relevant. Right. You know. Okay, now everyone is talking about how without Josh, Josh is the one really hot, fabulous guy with tattoos on his abs that make you want to go, yes. really? Mm -hmm. um, okay, you know, it's sort of like, it would be like having angel food cake without any frosting. Oh, you know? wait, I'm sorry, but I need more. Well, no, <laughs> no, you know what? He's, does angel food cake normally have frosting? Yeah, it oh. does. Or, or strawberries or whipped cream or something, you know. But here, I'm here's glad what, you gave me a dessert there, analogy, but okay. Okay, there's meat in the relationships. Okay, at, now you're talking to a vegetarian. Okay, I'm lost there's again. meat in the relationships at work. There's great yeah. meat in the friendships. Mm -hmm. You know, there's lots, lots of different kinds of friendships. Friendship between her and her bestie. Um, between she and her bestie, whichever, whichever one is right. <laughs> well, I'm sure Sutton Foster could have answered that as a, as a publishing okay, person. Okay, there you go. Mm -hmm. um, but without Josh, he's the glue around it all because, mm -hmm. you know, and there are other love interests, no question, but mm -hmm. everybody's saying the first season really took off with all generations because of Josh. Mm -hmm. So the 40-something-year-old woman gets to look at that and think he might be attracted to me. Yep. And the younger generation gets to look at that and go, I want that. You know, yep. so mm -hmm. in a way, he really is much more of a focal point. He looks like a secondary player, but he's not. He's not. He's yep. kind of got the Brandon hair from 90210. Yeah, a exactly. very interesting character because, you know... I have to say, when I saw the movie Sex and the City, and Jennifer Hudson was playing Sarah Jessica Parker's Which movie? There intern, were two. Which was the one where Sarah Jessica Parker had an intern, played by Jennifer Hudson. Who was wonderful. Wonderful. I don't remember. Go ahead. It doesn't matter. Um, but there was a moment where I felt like you could consciously realize that there's the passing of the baton from Sarah Jessica Parker's generation to Jennifer Hudson. Right. And it was kind of sad for those who belong to Sarah Jessica Parker's generation going, okay, this is no longer really our moment, our time, our city. There's a generation coming up behind us, or as my sister likes to say, you know, a new busload arrives every day. And so this idea of reinvention and getting to have it all over again in your 40s as a 20-something in that mental space where you're completely unencumbered, where someone like Sutton Foster can look at the little tattoo artist and appreciate his hair and his abs. There's obviously those moments where she's thinking he's got no door on his bedroom and he's got four roommates that play video games. And But you're not going through it 
in that same real time where you might be worried about certain things or judge other things, you're more unencumbered looking back. Uh, totally true. Mm -hmm. And what else is interesting is it was 11 years ago that we lost Sex in the City. Wow, 11 years ago. Yeah, already. it was 11 years ago. <gasps> but Sex in the City was never about career. They had careers, but it, it wasn't was never really about, about career. It. it was always mm -hmm. about relationships. Yep. Okay. And the friendships. It was really... Well, it, well the friendships... And their love of the city. I, I, I got to tell you, I don't know if it was as much about their friendships as about their, um, you know, they were in a camp together. You and know? yet everyone knows there were four of them yep. and they met. Oh, no, no, no. And, no definitely, know. definitely, mm -hmm. definitely. But And they're for each other and everything else. But mm -hmm. these kinds of friendships are deeper. Interesting. They are. They, they have conversations that Sex and the City girls didn't have. Interesting. You know, the truth is we learned what Carrie thought, not from her telling her friends. Mm -hmm. We learned what Carrie thought from her writing her column. Which in today's world is the texting. It, what I love about this is these people are, these young women are career driven. What? They're, is that true? Oh my God, yes. What about the one Hillary that Hillary Duff is out. She wants to win. She wants a career. She wants to be a great uh, editor in publishing. She works. Although she sabotages herself quite well, a bit. Well, yeah, she's young and she's mm -hmm. got a lot to learn. She's also a great friend. When Hillary she's Duff and, and their other friend yes. goes to talk to Josh because mm -hmm. he's, they think he's dumped her. And they admit that they've done oh it. Oh, my God. There's one point when she actually asks Liza Sutton Foster to reach into her to take out something oh, that she can't get out. This was like a Sex in the City okay. episode. Well, yes. yeah, no, uh -huh. they would never have no, done that. No, they free. did do it. And Samantha oh, really? Jones was okay. the friend that did it. Okay, and well, of course it was Samantha. Of course it was Samantha. Okay. She was the truest friend. And, and they want relationships. They want mm -hmm. it all. Yeah. And they want to go play dodgeball. Mm -hmm. And they want to go out and do other things around, you know, it's not so male-driven. And that's what a difference... You know, at one point in one of our podcasts, you said, what a difference a day makes. Uh -huh. What a difference 10 years makes. Interesting. You know, in terms of what a young, aspiring single woman in New York is looking to accomplish mm -hmm. versus 10 years later when these people really want to be somebody. And yet, I mean, two of them are living with one of their parents. And that's what you the know, millenniums are doing it's now. It's very I know, interesting. I know, it's a whole different generation. The millenniums seem as though they've grown up always spending more time with adults. Because in prior generations, there was more of a wall between adults and kids. You had the kids' tables at events. You had more children in general. You had fewer mm -hmm. only children. And you certainly didn't have play dates. Kids would wake up, get on their bikes, come back maybe around dark, and try to stay alive. You have to be home by the street when the streetlights went on. You know? And, and there you go. You didn't have baby Mozart and supervised play dates and tutors and all this adult supervision and the helicopter parents. And part of me wonders if the millennials are more used to talking to adults because they grew up in a world where people pretended like what they had to say was important, even when they weren't even making full sentences yet. And I feel like was they might be better I, uh, at intergenerational dialogue because maybe. they were always surrounded by adults. Well, I'll tell you one thing, they don't care as much. True. Which mm -hmm. means, you know, by the way, when you care too much, it sometimes inhibits your ability to communicate. Mm -hmm. And they certainly are much more at ease with the different generations. Nobody gets excited when the head of the publishing firm's in the room. Right. You know, whereas back in my day, if mm -hmm. the CEO was coming in, flying in from a company or something, 
we were all sitting up very straight. And frankly, I think we became a little uptight. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting how the different generations, yeah. you know, the older generation preferred the phone, the next generation email, this generation texting. You know, I love the workplace. Mm -hmm. I love the energy around that workplace. It's yeah. really, now you'll be happy to know, you should, if you haven't seen it yet, because it's still relatively unknown a little bit. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, don't be afraid. It's already been, you know, they've committed oh, to the second season. Mm -hmm. So, and they're saying that the first season was about, um, um, you know, change and reincarnation of new selves. And the second season is going to be about relationships and where they're going. I have to believe, to me, the one she should be with is the head of the publishing firm who's recently gotten divorced. Don't you wonder why he got divorced? He does seem like a catch. And his... Well, no, because his wife was totally evil. She left her children. Maybe he has so. some deep deficiency. I think he's the one that she's going to eventually end you up with. You think so? Yeah. See, this reminds me of Gilmore Girls, where there was the whole debate about should she end up with Luke? Should she end up there with Rory's father? There was no debate. Father? It was Luke or no. There is no debate. I don't understand why we have this conversation. You think there was a debate. I'm telling you, no one ever wanted it to be anybody other than Luke. That is so funny. Like I tell you, I think some of the lines of dialogue are very funny. Yeah. Like when the woman who plays Liza's boss um, is getting very excited about this publisher, and he's and she says. Look, he's straight, he's good-looking, he's intellectual, he's available. Do you know how rare that is? That's like finding a snow leopard in your backyard. <laughs> I didn't find that one. You didn't, find it, you didn't find it. No, I mean, I, I, I was thinking, was... I mean, I thought the, the moments in, in Younger were charming and entertaining, but not laugh-out-loud funny. Oh, I don't know. Here's a moment that I, I thought was laugh-out-loud okay. funny. Okay, when Sutton Foster's boss is talking to her, still believing that she's 27, and she says to Sutton Foster, you have no idea how hard it is dating in your 40s. It's like trying to rent out an apartment where a murder took place. Everyone's spooked. No, by the way, that was a funny line. It's a funny line. Okay, yeah. Now, and you picked out the best line in, by far in the entire series. I don't know, there were, and Sutton Foster's delivery, I mean, I would watch her read an incinerator manual. I mean, I think she's that talented. The other thing is, you know, like, I, I love the way Meredith Grey in Grey's Anatomy looks in jeans and walks with her cute little steps <laughs> and her little petite whatever, which I never had even when I was a skinny girl long ago. Her nickname in real life is Pencil. Is so, it? Well, yep. there you go. Mm -hmm. Okay, in this one, don't you think she has great teeth? She has great she, you know, she smiles. No, but she smiles and all you see is, oh my gosh. When she smiles. Those teeth have no cavities. I assure you they're the in their yeah. room. I yeah. know. Her smile is a Broadway and how smile. Great, how great that she's got this great role and that it's an emerging mm -hmm. role. So I'm sure Hilary Duff probably thought she should play the role. Well, it's interesting you know, because their dynamic reminded it's me. It's fabulous. It reminded me of Nashville with Connie Britton and Hayden Panettiere. Um, and I thought the look was even a little bit similar. Well, it is, but you'd think mm -hmm. Duff is the star. In the Would I? No, you, well, Duff is a much bigger star. Unless you're a Broadway fan, well, and then you yeah, got to go with something. We got to go with the nation is bigger than New York. So, so, it, so but when you talk about the acting world, um, I'm going to go with the Tony winner. Oh, I'm not. But okay, anyway, okay. If you if you went out and said, "Do you know Hillary Duff?" More people would say they knew Hillary than her. Wouldn't you agree? You know, it's funny. The only thing I'd seen Hilary Duff in before was The Perfect Man. I didn't see that. It starred Heather Locklear, who, of course, was on Melrose Place. And Hilary Duff played her daughter and was trying to find her The Perfect Man, played by Mr. Big. Um, Chris Noth. See how they all converge.
Well, Lizzie McGuire is what Hilary Duff is oh, best yes, known for. Yes. And Gossip Girl, she was in what, uh, how many of Gossip Girls? Maybe 11 or so? It's great casting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love that Sutton Foster's playing her real age. And who better to pass as a 26-year-old? And I was thinking, you know, how great that she does come from Broadway because Broadway has never seemed to me to suffer from the same age bias that you always hear about out in Hollywood. Right. So, for mm -hmm. example, a couple years ago, I saw Angela Lansbury ride a bicycle across the stage in Blythe Spirit, Noel Coward's play, um, for which she might have won the Tony. Um, and your favorite is uh, on Broadway now. And she just won the Tony last weekend. Helen Mirren. Yep. Um, Elaine Stritch, it seemed as though she yep. was getting standing ovations up until the time of her death. So it seems as though Broadway has this institutional memory and Sutton Foster isn't even yet half their age, you know, in here playing the 40-something. I think I, I think she's great. I think she's great. Um, and it was a funny episode where she realized that all the 20-somethings have already taken a pact to kill themselves when they hit 39. <laughs> <laughs> They never have to face right. their forms. Well, you know, I'm dead buried and totally in ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Anyway, I think that wraps it up for us. But what we wanted to say is we are so happy to see some great programming coming out, not on major networks, not on HBO, and now other people are bringing it too. I will end with saying that I'm always the one that says titles matter. Not sure about that title because really? it isn't about being younger. It's about reinventing yourself whatever age you are. And even her boss is reinventing herself and her the guy who's the head of the publishing house is going to have to reinvent himself. And everybody's reinventing themselves. And I think that the name needs to be rethought a little bit, but uh, that's just me. Wow. Well, I'm just hoping the effect of the show is contagious. I might go out and get some oh, funky new outfit you with do. a hip saying on the You know what? Uh, you guys, if, if you see some hip girl walking down <laughs> down some Broadway or something, with and a she's gorgeous wearing tattoo a cool artist tattoo with artist. the washboard style. Yeah, just say, excuse me, are you O'Toole? You must be O'Toole. So over and out, look for O'Toole on Broadway.